Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapters 15 and 16, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Matthew 15, let's pick up our study in verse 29. Matthew 15, verse 29. If you're there, say amen. Jesus departed from there. He skirted the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and he sat there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. And so the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the main made whole the lame walking, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Now, Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion, underline that, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me for three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want them to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. Well, then his disciples said to him, where can we get enough bread in the wilderness to feed such a great multitude? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few little fish. And so he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and the fish. And what did he do, saints? He gave thanks. He broke them and he gave them to his disciples and disciples gave to the multitude. And so they all ate. And they were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, got in the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. Now, stop right there, give me your attention. If you were with us last week, you know that Jesus left the area of the Galilee, He went into a Gentile area of Tyre and Sidon, and it was there that he met a Canaanite woman who came to him in desperation, in adoration, and in humiliation. And she said, Lord, my my daughter is demon-possessed. She said, Lord, would you heal my daughter? And Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. And then he healed her daughter. And this daughter, this little girl who was powerfully possessed is now perfectly peaceful as she's laying on her bed free from demons. Now, Jesus leaves the area of Tyre and Sidon and he heads back to Galilee. Got a pen? Mark chapter seven, verse 31 tells us this is the region of the Decapolis. Now, this is important. Because the the word Decapolis means ten cities. Deca meaning ten. Ten cities. And it's these ten cities, they were Gentile cities. 
these cities, the Romans allowed these cities to have their own nation, to have their own government, to have their own coins, their own courts, their own army. These 10 cities were pagan and prosperous. They had coliseums and games and theaters. Today in Israel, these 10 cities are known as the Golan Heights. Perhaps you've heard of the Golan Heights, east of the Sea of Galilee. And so Jesus arrives in this area. He goes up on the mountain, he sits down, and people start bringing the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed from all around to be healed. And Jesus healed them all. I like that. Jesus healed them all. And the mute were speaking, the maimed were made whole, the lame were walking, the blind were seeing, and the people, the Bible says, they glorified God. After three days of healing ministry, Jesus is there. Now, I love this little scene. I don't know if you caught it, but it's three days later. Jesus realizes that the people are hungry. He does not want to send them home hungry because they may faint on the way. Isn't that thoughtful? You know, I read the Bible and I just go, you know, in my notes here, I have right next to this. This is thoughtful of Jesus. He doesn't want them to start heading back home and and not have anything to eat because he knows they've been with them for three days and, and they're hungry and they're tired. He's probably hungry and tired. And so he wanted to feed them. The Bible says he had compassion on them. And and, and Jesus thought if they go away hungry, they, 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 they might faint on the way or, or, or not be able to make it home. And so he looked at the disciples and, he, and, and, and they said, Lord, we don't have enough food. Now, does that not strike you as a little bit interesting? We just read it a chapter before. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. And they say, Lord, we don't have enough food. Now, he just fed the 5,000. Had they forgotten How quickly we forget the provision of the Lord. Isn't it true? You know, we get a bill in the mail this month for a hundred bucks. Bad month. God, how am I going to pay this bill? I don't know. Oh, and you know, we start worrying and sweating it and fretting it. And, you know, oh, what are we going to do? And we forget last month we had a bill for 200. And he paid that one. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we serve a God who is faithful. Amen, saints. And the provision of the Lord, don't forget. Over and over and over again in the New Testament, you'll find that the Lord is always encouraging the people not to forget. When they get fat, when they get resources, when they get sustenance, don't forget. We forget the provision of the Lord. The disciples Oh, how quickly they have forgotten the Lord had just fed the 5,000. Now, here we see a loving, caring, compassionate Jesus. And we see the disciples who, as I told you last week, they're not so loving and they're not so caring. I I am amazed at the disciples. As I read the Gospels, I think I've got this whole new... Probably when I get to heaven, the disciples are probably going to beat me up because I talk about them all the time. But they're, they're probably going to be like, that's the guy that talked about us every week. But, but they are amazing. They just amaze me. Here Jesus has compassion on them. 
He loves them. He cares that they not faint. And the disciple says, ah, Lord, we don't have enough food. In other words, he's saying, they're saying, Lord, set them home to eat. We don't have enough. This is not our concern, basically, is what they're saying. So then Jesus said what? Make everyone to sit down. He said, how many loaves do you have? They said seven and a few fish. And Jesus said, give them to me. He blessed them. He broke them. He gave them to his disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. And then notice in your Bibles in verse 37, look at it again. Everyone ate until they were filled, full. In the Greek language, that is glutted. In other words, they ate so much, they had to let the top button loose on their pants. Oh, y'all know how you eat when you go to Golden Corral. You got to let that top button out because you're glutted. You are filled. That's how full they were. And did you notice the provision of the Lord? They have plenty left over. They took up seven baskets. Now, some have read this. People, critics. And they say, you see, the Bible is full of contradictions. They'll read this chapter in chapter 15 compared to chapter 14, of which we read that Jesus fed the 5,000. Here in chapter, here, here in chapter 15, we see that Jesus fed the 4,000. And so there are critics that say, you know what? See, the Bible is full of contradictions. You know, I love it when people tell me that. They say, oh, the Bible's full of contradictions. And I say, yeah, really? Show me one. And generally, they don't know. They just are saying that because that's what they heard. But if they do know, this would be one of the ones that they might point out to you. You see, the Bible says that Jesus fed the 5,000. Here he's feeding the 4,000. See, there's a contradiction. Which one is it? Well, listen, it's both. It's both. You see, these stories aren't contradictory, they're actually complementary. There are many differences in these stories. These are two different stories, two separate accounts of the feeding of Jesus. And there are many differences in both accounts. Now, there are so many differences, we don't have time to cover them all this morning. But let me just give you just a few, the obvious ones. First of all, if you'll notice, if you were here or you're familiar with the 5,000, the first time there were five loaves of fish and or bread and how many fish two notice the second time here there are how many loaves of bread seven and a few fish the first time they had 12 baskets left over and how many times did they have left over here seven chapter 14 they were with jesus one day here in chapter 15 they're with jesus three days but most importantly Fast forward, if you will, with me to chapter 16, verse 9 and 10. Most importantly, do you see it there in your Bibles? Jesus clearly says that these are two separate accounts. So if it's the same story, then Matthew was completely off base and Jesus was completely confused about the miracles that he did, which is ridiculous. They're two clearly separate accounts. You can go through them both and you will find too many differences to even count. So there are two stories. Chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now underline them. I'm going to tell you about them in just a second. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came. 
And testing him, they asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he, Jesus, answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites. Notice the Sunday school Jesus here. Hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then notice Jesus left them and departed. Can can you imagine this? You got the scene here. They're questioning Jesus. They want a sign. Jesus says no sign is going to be giving except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then he just walks away. Don't you love Jesus? See, the Sunday school Jesus, he's always meek and loving and nice and mild. And uh, Jesus, you know, I can imagine Jesus said, you know what? Talk to the hand. You know, I just, you know, Jesus, goodbye. And he just walked away. Now, you want to notice something here. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are two sects of Jewish people. The Pharisees, the difference, the Pharisees were very strict in obeying the written law and the oral law. The Pharisees had their long robes. They had the phylacteries, you know, those little boxes that they wear on their heads and they wear them on their arms. They're called phylacteries. And in those boxes, they have a little verse that says, the Lord, our God is one God. So the Pharisees, they had these long robes. They had the phylacteries on their heads and on their arms. They had these tassels and they would go through all the prayers and all the ceremonial washings, the Pharisees were very legalistic. But the good thing about the Pharisees is that they were very orthodox and very conservative in what they believed. The Sadducees were the complete opposite of the Pharisees. The Sadducees were the religious liberals. They didn't believe in anything spiritual, which made them sad, you see. Sorry, I won't do it again. They didn't believe in anything spiritual. No heaven, no hell, no afterlife, no, 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 no death, no angels, no, no demons, no spirits. The Sadducees didn't believe in anything spiritual. And the Sadducees would rationalize the teaching and the doctrines found in scriptures. And so the Pharisees, notice, and the Sadducees, Although they are very different, they come to Jesus together. Now, that's important because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they didn't get along. As a matter of fact, they hated each other. They didn't agree on anything. But it's interesting, although they hated each other and didn't agree on anything, they could come together and agree on their common hatred for Jesus. Isn't it true that the unbelievers, whether Democrats or Republicans, they can agree on their common hatred for Christ, the gospel, and the church? Isn't that true? And here we see the same thing. So these guys, they come and they verbally jump Jesus and they say, we want to see a sign from heaven. Now, mind you, they had already seen a lot of signs. Remember, we just read it. The lame were walking and the blind were seeing and the deaf were hearing and the mute were speaking. They want to see a sign. These guys have ADD. 
They've got attention deficit disorder because they're completely not paying attention to what Jesus is doing. If they had that diagnosis in the first century, I'm sure these guys would have been on meds. I mean, they weren't paying attention. They asked for a sign. The truth is they weren't seeking a sign. They were seeking entrapment. This word sign literally indicates a miraculous sign in heaven. In other words, they're saying, if you are the Messiah, then make the stars to fall from the sky. If you're the Messiah, then write sky right. You know, make some words appear in the sky. Do something so obvious to prove you are the Messiah. And Jesus said, you hypocrites. And then he gives them an example of their hypocrisy. He said, listen, when it is evening and the sun is going down, the sky is red. You say tomorrow it will be a beautiful day. But when you wake up in the morning and you see the sky is red and you say it's going to be a stormy day. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you know all that, then where is your discernment? You can't discern the fact that I am the Messiah and you can discern the weather. And they have DDD, discernment deficit disorder. This is what Jesus is saying. You see, they felt confident in predicting the weather, but they missed all the signs pointing to the fact that Jesus is the son of God. And Jesus said, you hypocrites. And it's true. People, you know, I I was thinking about this. We've been having some crazy weather lately. And, 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 and I was thinking about this. You know, people put confidence in the weather, which I don't know why, because they're never right. Have, have you noticed that? You know, AccuWeather with Chris Holman. I hope he doesn't hear this CD. AccuWeather with Chris Holman. You know, it's going to be a beautiful day. I mean, how many times have you read the, new, the, the weather report? You know, the weather report. It's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. Perfect day. Skies are beautiful. The next day is like hurricane, storm weather, you know, zero below, you need a parka. I mean, they're never right. They don't really know. That's why when I watch the the news report, they say it's going to be sunny, I plan for rainy. If they say it's going to be rainy, I plan for sunny because they they don't know. They're they're just reading the signs. They they don't know. And then the thing that bothers me the most is that, have you noticed this? Whenever they're wrong about the weather, they, they never say we were wrong. I mean, I would expect them to come on and say, you know, sorry, fellas, you know, we were wrong yesterday. I mean, the weather was terrible. They never say they were wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. And so here Jesus says, hey, you guys, you can discern the weather, but you can't discern who I am. I am amazed at what people put their faith in. Looking at the weather, they plan activities, plan picnics. They listen to the word of the weatherman and refuse to believe the word of God. Isn't that true? We put more faith in Uncle Sam who promises to send you a tax return than you do the promises and the provision of God. I, I know people like, oh, I'm getting my taxes back. They already spent the money. You don't know. Maybe you won't. 
maybe they'll go broke. Maybe they won't send you a check. You'll put more faith in Uncle Sam than you will in the word of God. Put more faith in the weather report than they will put in the word of God. And I've seen that happen many, many times. And God's word clearly says, saints, I will never see the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Always put your faith in the word of God. Amen. Always put your faith in the provision of God. And so Jesus is saying to them, listen, you guys discern the sky, but you're failing to recognize the times in which you live. You see, they knew the Bible and they knew the ministry of Jesus was prophesied in the Bible. We sang that song this morning, Isaiah 35, verse 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb will sing. For the water shall break forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. You see, Jesus was doing what the Messiah was promised to do, and yet they were blind and refused to read the road signs of the times. And saints, unfortunately today, I got to say, we Christians are blind to the times in which we live. I believe, and listen close, I believe that we are living in the last days. If you agree with that, say amen. And I'm not saying that just because I believe it. We are living in the last days because I believe the signs of the times point to it. I mean, think about it. Think about the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Never before in the history of mankind has a nation been reborn out of the past. Never. For almost 2,000 years, Israel was a nation of people without a home, dispersed around the world, hated and despised and persecuted. And yet out of the past, a nation is born. May 14th, 1948, Israel is declared a nation again. If you want to know when the Lord is coming back, you've got to use Israel as your time clock. And so Jesus is coming back soon. God is working out his purpose and plan for the second coming. Many prophecy experts believe the coming of the Lord is closer to this generation than any other because there are more fulfilled signs in this generation than any other. For example, in the last days, the Bible says there will be moral breakdown in our world. In the last days, the Bible says there's going to be a rise in demon worship. All this psychic hotline and all this Stuff going on in the world as it, look at all the videos. I happen to flip through and see some videos and on TV and I'm like, it's, that's evil. If y'all know what I'm talking about, say amen. That it's just evil. The things that there's a rise in the occult. First Timothy chapter four, verse one and two says, now the spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Notice this saints giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. In the last days, there's going to be a rise in the occult. We see that today more than ever. 
The Bible teaches in Revelation chapter 11. You might want to read that in your own time. Revelation chapter 11 talks about these two witnesses in the last days that are going to be laying in the streets of Jerusalem dead. And get this, the Bible says the whole wide world will be able to see their dead bodies laying in the streets for three and a half years and the world will be excited and the world will exchange gifts. Now, Today, like never before, we are able to see events in the world going on in real time. You could not do that in the 1900, early 1900s. You couldn't do it in 1940, in 1950. You couldn't see it in 1960. But now, with the in- invention of the satellite TV and cable, you can watch CNN and TBN broadcast from around the world. Now it is possible to see something in real time. I remember the Gulf War, Desert Storm. Well, I returned in 1990. I had to, I was there, you guys know, and I spent a little bit of time there and had to come home. And when I got home, I was able to watch the events of the war as they were happening. Isn't that interesting? And the Bible says, if you're a Christian, you're not going to have to watch it on CNN or TBN because you're going to be watching it from heaven. Isn't that great, saints? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.